Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The hour and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Cop Table podcast, where tonight we are previewing the Bournemouth versus Liverpool game this this coming Saturday lunchtime. On the show with me tonight, filling in for Jay, we have uh, Gav Doyle. Gav is um, a representative from the LFC Day Trippers who've uh, kindly took us on board this season. So, thanks a lot, Gav. How are you? Yeah, all good, Peter. All good. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Thanks, Gav. And on with us, representing Bournemouth, once again with us, we have Paul Spears. Paul is a Bournemouth season ticket holder based in the Isle of Wight and has uh, kindly agreed to join us once again. So thanks very much, Paul. How's, uh, how's yourself? Hi, right, Peter. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, nice to see speak to you again. Good stuff. And we're going to start off with uh, with yourself, Paul, with um, Bournemouth okay. being the, the home side this this coming weekend. Okay. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a lively start for for Bournemouth, hasn't it? They're playing some some good football once again under Eddie Howe. But uh, just give us a, a brief your brief thoughts on the start of the season that um, Bournemouth have made, please. Well, it's it's by far and away our best start in our fourth season in the Premier League. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, we had twenty points after ten games. Uh, it included you know big away wins, four 0 at Watford. 3-0 at Fulham. Uh, I know we lost the next four games after that, but our performances were really good. So, yeah, best start in the Premier League by a mile. We've got 23 points now after 15 games. So, happy days so far. Yeah, and um, just like to ask you about the, the summer signings that, that was made by by Bournemouth. Um, uh-huh. yep. How... How have they fitted into to the squad with Eddie Howe's um, style of play? Have they all hit the ground running? What's What's been happening with them? Well, the quick answer is two out of three have. Uh, we made three big signings in the summer. We signed David Brooks uh, from Sheffield United, a young lad who we didn't think would start in the first team so early. And yet he's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, fantastic player. He can pick a pass. He can score goals. He's got pretty much everything already in his locker. I mean, he's been fantastic for Wales as well. Uh, probably needs a bit more strength to him. He gets knocked off the ball maybe a bit too easily. But fantastic signing. Uh, and he's really, 
well, he's one for the future, but he's he's going to be a fantastic player. So great, great signing with David Brooks. Uh, Jefferson Lerma, who was our biggest ever sign in 25 million, the Colombian midfielder. He's been great. He's got better and better each game. He's a great ball winner. Uh, he's almost guaranteed to get a yellow card, but he's a great, great ball winner. Uh, he's what we needed, a uh, bit of steel in midfield. And like I say, he seems to be getting better and better each game. Our third big signing was uh, Diego Rico, uh, left back. He hasn't hit the ground running, unfortunately. Um, he played at Chelsea away. I watched him and he looked a yard off the pace to me. Uh, he's got a great delivery. You know, he's got a great left foot on him. Uh, he's played three Premier games so far, or two and a half. He got taken off at half time against Burnley. And I don't think he was even injured, to be honest. Uh, he was so poor. And he hasn't featured since. So two out of three so far. Uh, I'm just hoping Rico. Maybe he's taking time to adapt to the country. He doesn't speak the language. Taking time to adapt to the Premier League. I don't know. Um, but we're hopefully he will come good. So, yeah, three signings. Two have been excellent so far. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Paul. OK, then, um, over to yourself then. Gav, coming off uh, a 3-1 victory last night at Burnley. First half, I thought we wasn't... Um, wasn't really at the races. Second half improved a lot in my in my opinion. But just give us your your thoughts on the game and, and the performance against uh, Burnley last night, please, Gav. Well, I think you know uh, there was a lot going on on social media with regards to the the lineup, the changes that have to be made. Um, I don't think it was a massive surprise that we didn't get going in the first half. You know, when you see the likes of you know Moreno coming in, you had Sturridge coming in. You know, there was. A, there was a couple of there was seven changes I think maybe from the weekend if I remember right so to, to yeah, get seven changes yeah seven changes um, all through the park it wasn't like we just changed the front men and a couple of midfielders you had John Matip coming in um, so you were changing two, two of your defence as well it wasn't a big surprise to me that we didn't get didn't get going but look it was nil all at half time um, we had men on the bench that can change the game they can change any game um, Burnley has got 1-0 up it's a bit of a contentious goal because of the possible offside and did Allison have the ball in his hands stuff like that but we reacted brilliantly we really did um, Milner equalises uh, a really good finish because Joe Hart looked in decent form um, he makes a great save from Keita at, um, at nil all but you know we get that goal back we put the two lads on straight away in Firmino and Salah and we move and then we move Milner to left left back and he, he has a really good game from there. And our class showed in the end. Um, all right, our keeper has to make a really good save near the end. But when he makes that, he, he starts a break that makes a 3-1. Um, so, overall, great three points. Some lads get get rests. Some lads only have to play full rests. Some lads have to play 20 minutes. Um, the only downside, I suppose, is Joe Gomez's injury. He's out for six weeks now with a fracture of his, of his leg. But... Um, you know, overall, it's a, it's a good win, and despite Burnley's you know bad start of the season, I think the Europa League had a massive effect on them. I think um, it's still a difficult place to go, much like Saturday will be. But it's three more points, and we're still still where we want to be. Yeah, and I'd just like to ask you about the, the standout performance in, in that game, Gav. Obviously, Allison made one or two very good saves, especially in the second half. Mm. Um, Cater was another one. 
who yeah. stood out. I thought Sturridge had a good game as well. He, he was dropping deep. He was he was holding the ball. He's played Salah in mm. um, for our third. Also, Shakiri looked lively. But for you, who, who would you give your man of the match to? I, you know, uh, there was a big, there was a bit of a mixed review on Sturridge. You know, people were saying because I think the, the first half he looked a lot, he looked off. I think he was bundled off the ball a few times. He was out muscled and outpaced. Um, but if we're relying on Daniel Sturridge's, anyone deny or relying on that Daniel Sturridge's pace now probably needs to have a little think about that because it's not his game anymore. Dropping deep, like you said, is is um is is probably the way to go from. And but don't get me wrong, give him a chance in the box, and there's not many better than him. Um, but yeah, he's 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 involved. He, I think he wins the the free kick that leads to the second goal, and he's involved in the third goal as well. He was really he, he was good. Um, but but the standout for me, I I still think you have to go back to Allison. Um, you know, we as I said, we don't get going in the first half, so that's a bit of a write off. The, the second half, I I probably put it between Allison and Kate. Um, but for me, the save near the end, um. Forty saves the game and has a part in securing the game. So I just go for Allison, but it was great to see Kate coming in and playing the sort of way we expected him to when we signed him last year. Um, going on his form from two seasons ago, he he was a real bright spark there yesterday, and the way he pushes Liverpool forward with the ball at his feet is something I think Liverpool fans hopefully can get can see a lot in the future. Yeah, definitely. I I thought. Um Cater was really good yesterday. Like you said, he was picking the ball up and deep and running the players and and making that link between the midfield and the strikers, which we haven't had so much of this season. I, I thought Cater was, was excellent, and hopefully he can carry that form in into the weekend's yeah. game and, and for the next next few weeks or yeah. rest of the season, if you like. But you, but you see, the thing is, Peter, um, when you when you say break him with the ball, he he, he is that link because. Instead of a midfielder playing a pass into a Firmino that's dropped 15 mm. yards too deep, in my opinion, he's taking the ball and he's moving into that position. He's moving in on his own. He's not making the pass. He's driving into that position and he's opening up space so the, the forwards don't have to come deep. All they have to think about then is movement, finding space and finding openings. And, yeah. and that's a massive thing for this team. Yeah, and once, because he's not played that often, has he? And once, once the, the front three and the players are playing in front of him, realise that he's going to be doing when he picks the ball up. They're not going to have to run deep, come deep, should I say, and they can make the forward run. Once they realise that and it, it clicks with them, I think you'll see the front three firing more and more goals in this season as as they get used to Naby Keita's um, style of play. One, um, Just one thing over to you, Paul. Sorry, we'd just like to speak to you about the, the injury to, to Lewis Cook. Obviously, he's... Yeah. He's come out with um, ACL. Yes, it is. How much of a, of a blow is that to Eddie Howe's side? Oh, it's a massive blow because I mean, he's first choice for us with Lerma in midfield. Uh, he's a great talent. and We haven't got the strength in depth, to be honest. You know, it, you know, we haven't got the, the funds to have top, top players come in. We've got decent players, but... A massive blow. Um, we've only got Dan Gosling and Andrew Sermon at the moment who can come in. Gosling is is injured. I don't know to what extent. So we could just be left literally with Lerma and Sermon at the weekend. Uh, there's talk of we could play Nathan Aki in midfield um, and bring Mings in as a defender. Personally, not for me because 
Aki is so important to us, central defence. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely massive blow to lose him for six to nine months. Yeah, and looking forward to this game um, on uh, on Saturday, Paul. Mm-hmm. How do you think Eddie Howe's going to approach this game tactically? Obviously, you've spoke about the, the situation there with Cook and who could come in, but what sort of formation is, is he likely to play in? Um, is he going to come and is he going to go and have, have, have a go at Liverpool if you like yeah. or do you think he'll put a few yeah, men no, behind the ball how's he going to play go. it he'll have a go uh, I would I'd be very surprised if he doesn't have a go uh, um, especially at home we tend to we tend to have a go simple as that uh, we tend to have a go when we're away most games I, I would expect him and I, I could be totally wrong but I'd expect him to go with our normal sort of 4-2-4 to be honest uh, we've got so much pace up front with King, Wilson, Fraser and Brooks. Um, it's enough to scare, you know, a decent defence, you know, Liverpool-type defence. Uh, I think I'll have a right go. Uh, and why not? We've got points, you know, in the bag. Yeah, have a go. We've, we've done it before at home to Liverpool. We could, we could do it again. It's possible. Yeah, and one player you spoke about there was, was Callum Wilson. Now, yeah. Every time I've watched this this lad play, he's impressed me. He's um, yeah. he's got a good size. He's got the strength. He's got the pace. Knows yeah. where the back of the goal is. Yeah. Um, he's had that call up for England, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, and do you see his long term future at, at being at Bournemouth, or do you think he can progress in, onto um, the next level, if you like, to, in, into a top four side? Sure. I mean, th- this is something that's sort of thrown up pretty much anyone at Bournemouth who, who's top of their game, you know, even with Eddie Howe, we get Nathan Aki, uh, Callum Wilson, all the time, uh, do you think they can progress to a top four side, et cetera, et cetera? Probably the answer is yes. Um, I mean, um, Wilson, I mean, he's come back from two, two ACLs, both knees, and he looks stronger and fitter than ever. Um, so, I mean, his mental strength alone to get through that, I, I think he could go definitely play, I can't say at a higher level, but I think he could play in one of the top four sides, yes. Uh, but I also believe that of Nathan Aki. Um, and I also believe Eddie Howe could as a manager. So I don't want any of them to, obviously. But the, to answer your question is, I think he could, yes. Yeah, he's, he's really impressed me, um, Callum Wilson, this season. OK, yeah. then, back over to you, Gav. Yeah, Gav, we, we spoke to um, to Paul then about the, the injury to Lewis Cook. We've got our own injury ourselves with, with Joe Gomez now being out for, looks like, possible six weeks with um, a hairline fracture to his to a bone in his ankle. How much of a, a blow do you think this is to uh, to Klopp and this Liverpool side? Um, it's a big blow for Joe Gomez, personally. Um, he's, he's a defender that... You know, over the last couple of seasons, you've seen him at left back for Liverpool. You've seen him at right back. He finally gets a, go- a run at centre back from the start of the season, and him and Van Dijk looked imperious. To be honest with you, he, you know, they knew each, they knew what each other were going to do. They read each other well. Um, in you know, Van Dijk gets a lot of the plaudits, but Gomez for me was coming on as a defender that was possibly allowing Van Dijk to be a little more front foot, and he was really good at covering because of his pace. Um. It's a big blow for him. It's a blow for us as well, but you know this is what squad depth is all about. If you want to go and win trophies or challenge for the the, on, the big honors at the end of the season, you're gonna have setbacks like this. Um, it's quite fortunate that it's only six weeks. You know, 
you, you look at Lewis Cook. Lewis Cook gets an injury there, um, which is probably an impact injury, and or or it could be he, he could be torn in the train, trying to torn and play a pass, and he's out for six to nine months. Um, so six weeks, although now seems bad, it's it's quite fortunate he comes back probably mid January, mid to late January, um, and he's back he's back in the game. But we're going to have to look at Trent now to take on the mantle at right full um, a little bit more than he has been because he's been in and out of the side, you know, swapping with Gomez. And then you have the question over Nathaniel Klein. Does Nathaniel Klein, who looked out in the wilderness a bit, does he now come back in and, and push as far at least a place on the bench and possibly get into match fitness and, and alternating with, with um, Trent over the next probably six, eight, ten weeks? But listen Pierre this is what it's all about you know you need you need to have this squad and if we can get if we can get through this Christmas period New Year period and, and come out the other side of it in a decent position with, with Joe Gomez to come back and others um, it won't do us any harm I don't think Cheers Gav yeah and um, obviously going down to to Bournemouth at the weekend what's what's your predicted lineup for that obviously we know about Gomez and do you think he'll make Many other changes, maybe to the midfield. You see Fabino coming back in. What about the front three? You see Salah and Firmino returning to the starting lineup. What's your your predicted um, starting eleven, please, Gav? It's it, it's it's difficult, isn't it, to to predict Klopp what he's going to do? You know, last season he I think he rotated more than any other manager in the Premier League um, on, on a game by game average. On last night, sorry, Wednesday night, he he looked. I think he looked to to give a rest to as many as he could, stay in the game if not if not take it away from Burnley. He had to bring two on and win it. I think he goes a little bit different because, perfectly to be perfectly honest with you, I think this is one of Liverpool's toughest away games of the season coming up on Saturday. Um, Bournemouth play some nice stuff. It's a tight ground. Um, it's not the biggest ground in the world, but. It, it, an atmosphere definitely gets going there from when you watch games. But predicted lineup, I think Allison will be in goal. I think Trent will start right back. I think Andy Robertson will be back at left back. I you never know what Lovren, you know. He's constantly sick or unwell. Uh so you'll probably see Matip and Van Dyke stay there. Midfield is the interesting one. Does Henderson stay in? Does when Alden got a, a complete break the other night? I'm not. I'm not too sure where he goes in midfield. I really am. Up front, I think he goes with the front three, if he has them fit. I think he goes back with Mane, Salah, Firmino. Um, midfield, Milner played most of the other night. I think you might. You might be looking at Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and Shakiri again. Uh, and I think it might be a case of him trying to take the game away from Watford as quick as he can, and then rest players. That's what I probably go with. Yeah, we've seen against Burnley that Klopp's not. Not afraid to drop people, is he? Fabinho was probably the man of the match for Liverpool in the derby, and then didn't even get onto the pitch against Burnley. So you see, Cater the other night, he he was great. You might see him back on on the bench. For me, I'd start with Fabinho. Uh, if we're playing the four-two-three-one, it'd have to be Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and then Shakiri. Actually, I'd probably go Shakiri uh, instead of Shakiri. Now I think of it. Yeah, yeah, it's like you say. It's a it's a difficult one to predict, isn't it? Because he, he's got them them options now. He's, and you see, he's trying he's trying to he's trying to rotate a team not for not only for Burnley and Bournemouth, but he has Napoli and Manchester United 
in the next yeah. eight ten days. So he's tr- I think he's trying to get himself through this period of four games and and rotate as m- as much as he can without putting himself in jeopardy because he's going for this league. There's no doubt about it, and he wants to win every single game. He feels like he has to. I I probably put Kate in instead of Shakiri. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, see how he lines up this this Saturday. Yeah, and a similar one for you, Paul. Um, uh-huh. How do you see Eddie Howe lining up your your starting eleven against Liverpool this weekend? Well, ours is a bit more straightforward because we haven't got the uh, we're not quite so spoilt for choices as you guys. So the best in goal, Francis, Cook, Aki, Daniels. It'll be Lerma, and it'll be either Sermon or Gosling, depending off Gosling's fit. And then Fraser King, Wilson Brooks, I don't see any different side to that at all. It's pretty much, you know, picks itself. Excellent. Cheers, uh, Paul. Right, OK, then, before we um, go to the to the music, what I'm going to do, and what we do on the podcast each week, we get a, a score prediction and your, your reasons for that. Um, so starting off with, with yourself... Paul, give us your thoughts on a on a score prediction and your reasons, please. Well, okay. If it's a weakened Liverpool side, if there is such a thing, we could sneak a draw. Uh, there'll be goals. There'll be goals for sure. Um, could. Uh, but I have a feeling it'll probably be a 2-1 defeat for us. Um, I, I, just, I just think Liverpool, you know, have got so much more than we have really I hate saying it but that's what I think uh, but if we're at the top of our game and Liverpool just slightly off you never know because we have got goals in us um, we, we don't keep clean sheets but we can score goals so uh, both teams to score I reckon for sure and a narrow probably a narrow 2-1 defeat you're going for the 2-1 ok then Gav give us your thoughts um on the same question, please. Yeah, difficult game. Anyone that says it's not a difficult game, I think, is lying to themselves. Um, I've watched Bournemouth a couple of times this season, especially United at home, where I was really impressed with them first half. Um, United managed to get out of that half with a one-all draw and sneak it at the very end. But for the first 35 minutes, I thought Bournemouth were exceptional in the game, the way they played the game. Uh, Lewis Cook was huge for them. That I think he's a massive loss. Um, the front four... I really like, uh, you know, as Paul says there, they've great pace. Um, you know, the front two, Callum Wilson, uh, people you were talking there earlier about can he play top four. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Everton were all over him. I'm being honest with you. He looks he looks a player that, that would sue Everton down to the ground. I know they're not top four, and they're probably, they're probably below Bournemouth at this stage, but... Um, if Everton had the money, I think that might be something they'd look at. Uh, but I think Bournemouth's weakness is down the flanks defensively. Um, I think it'll be Daniels at left back for them. And the other guy's name has gone out of my head. He's with them years. but Simon Francis. Yeah, and I think um, I think if you put Mane and Salah up against them too, I think they're in for a very, very tough afternoon. Nathan Aki is really good, but if he's forced to cover, especially on Salah's side... Um, that just leaves it open for the likes of Firmino or Keita. Um I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool as well. I think it'll be both teams to score. I fancy that scoreline. But I think we might just edge it. And I think it's, if we do, I think it's a huge win for Liverpool because um, Bournemouth have been very impressive this season. And 
possibly the only team along with us that have gone for City and had a go at City and credit to them for that as well. Uh, but yeah, 2-1 for me as well, I think. 2-1 for you as well, Gav. Yeah, my uh, my stock's pretty high in the predictions um, department after me 3-1 prediction before the Burnley podcast. Here, so, uh, here comes the kiss I, of death now, go I, on. I've got, a, I've got a lot to live up to, yeah. Um, like I say, similar thoughts to you, Gav. Yeah, I think Liverpool Bournemouth can be can be got at if you like down down the wings. I think like like Paul um, alluded to earlier that the midfield players they're going to miss Lewis Cook really badly. Gosling's not there, so if we can dominate in that midfield, which we haven't done too much of this season, if this can be a game that we can dominate in that midfield and and get them quick passes through to the forward players, I think we we can cause Bournemouth a lot of trouble. And it's a it's a ground where we have scored goals, and it's, it's a ground. Where we we've, we've conceded as well. It was the game where, like you say, we were two or three up, where we and, and Bournemouth came back in, in that uh, particular game. But yeah, I think um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with a two nil victory for Liverpool. I just think that with Allison in goal now, Van Dijk in front of him, I think they they're a lot more secure at the back. I know I know Burnley scored against us, but they didn't have any clear cut chances really, and their goal was was. Debatable, if you like. There was there was an offside um, in there, possibly kicked out of Allison's hands. So I just think that the the back four is a lot more settled, especially with with big Allison in goal now. And we'll go on to um, a two nil victory for me in this one. Right, okay then. Before we uh, leave the show, I'm just going to play the um, the artist who's been in in touch with us on Twitter last week. We were supposed to have him on for the previous podcast um but we we just didn't get the the music sorted out in time so we're gonna get them on this week and uh, the artist i'm gonna play for you tonight his name is bill Ryder jones he's part of domino records he's based over in the whittle and uh, the song that i'm gonna play for you tonight is called don't be scared i love you
And that song was called Don't Be Scared, I Love You by Bill Ryder-Jones. Right, so, oh yeah, just before we go as well, um, like each week we've been been saying now for a few weeks, we're supporting the, the No More Knives campaign that's, um, that's happening in Liverpool at the moment. Um, Paul Bentley and Lee Butler is uh, fully behind us um, with the campaign. Well, it's their campaign and we're fully behind them. They're having a charity boxing fight uh, on the, the 15th of December. You can get the all the information about the charity boxing fight on um, on the Radio City page and Lee Butler and Paul's own Twitter and Facebook pages. So, yeah, if you want to get your tickets for that, you can also buy them at uh, Skiddle and the, the Radio City website. So, yeah, fully behind the No More Knives campaign now and um, doing a few more bits with them over the, the coming weeks. We'd also like to say uh, thanks... In association with Liverpool Online, who's been putting out our podcast each week on the Facebook and the, and the Twitter page as well. So, yeah, thanks very much, uh, Gav. No and problem, thanks yeah. very much, Paul, for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. Excellent stuff. So, that's the cop table preview of the Bournemouth versus Liverpool game this coming Saturday. All done. We'll be back. Um, next week with our preview of the Manchester United game which uh, is always an interesting podcast and uh, one that should be fun so thanks everybody for listening and goodbye. The $10 tastemaker from Pizza Hut. Stuck in traffic? Just think of all the delicious meat and veggie combinations. Whoops, got a little distracted there. Large, up to three toppings, just 10 bucks. No one out pizzas the hut. Deal not available in some locations. Exclusions apply. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash, too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So, yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. Select styles ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.